Citizens of Reject Nation, we are back with post-Comic-Con Koi's Comic Corner. You may notice all those k have a little gravel to them because your boy Koi con so crud and hard. I hosted Hall H. I did my first ever Hall H. I hosted a comic book in Hall H, the first host to host a comic in Hall H, and I had an amazing panel with Jim Starlin, an amazing panel with WB Games, and just general Comic-Con merriment. When you add all those things together, you have no more voice, so I do apologize for the gravel in my voice. That said, please do leave a like, leave a comment, notify yourself by hitting that bell up there, and subscribe to us. I have a ton more video ideas I want to bring to you, and that brings me to the comments. Please do comment below what you want to see more of. We just got an onslaught for a lot more Marvel content to come, and I want to know what you want to hear about most. Please do follow me on TikTok. I do 15 second, 30 second, one minute, three minute videos over there, and I'm going to be doing a whole bunch talking about all of this stuff to come. I'm trying to crank out like three or four videos a day. This video is going to be about phase five and sixes Marvel announcements so far. That does mean I'm not going to be including She-Hulk and Wakanda Forever in this particular video. You all know how excited I am for She-Hulk. That comes out in just a couple of weeks. And I will say briefly that Wakanda Forever trailer I knew would be beautiful. I knew it would be mesmerizing. I didn't know how brutal that would feel. It was such a stunning experience of seeing that trailer and seeing it in Hall H with that crowd. I'd been crying all throughout the Hall H panel um, because it was all so emotional. But that, that particular trailer resonated in a way I didn't think I'd feel from a trailer and it's just mesmeric and wonderful so Wakanda Forever would be so high up on this list if it was phase five or six Wakanda Forever is not on this list because we're gonna do phase five and six let's kick it off Number 15, and you guys are going to hate me and you're going to leave a lot of comments and I know it's coming, but I am genuinely excited for all these. This is just the one I'm least of the excitement, and that is Echo. I really, really enjoy the character of Echo. I think she is fascinating. I think she is important, but as per the movies and shows we have so far, lowest on the list, I did enjoy her portrayal in Hawkeye, but I never found myself going like, I need more of her. Whereas the top 14, I genuinely cannot wait to see each of these characters again. So Echo by default is on the lower side. That said, we don't have a single trailer yet. If the trailer comes out and that changes, that would change this whole thing. But having it be the unknown, having it be the least of my pulls, number 15. Number 14 was Agatha all along. Number 14 is going to be the Agatha Harkness show, which I am very excited about, especially since I do think it involves Dr. Doom in a way. There's a certain mother element, some mysticism, but that's another video. Uh, that said, I do think Agatha Harkness is a really interestingly duplicitous character. I think Catherine Hahn had a lot to do in WandaVision. She was able to add a lot of heart to this character. I'm a big fan of the character of Agatha Harkness because she's from Salem, Mass. I'm a Massachusetts kid, and I do think uh, the way Catherine Hahn portrayed her was even more interesting than some of her comic book counterparts' ability to really bring that multifaceted element. But that said, as far as a show, I want to see more of her. I'm just not sure what they're going to do with that character. We haven't seen a trailer. We haven't seen any of this. So currently, it's low just because I don't know which direction they're taking her inner solo show. Number 13 is Ironheart, and this one is this high on the list almost completely because of the actress playing Riri Williams. She was Riri Williams on that stage. The moment she spoke at Hall H, I was like, that's Riri. I literally tweeted out, oh my God, she sounds exactly like Riri. Her word choices, the cadence in her speech sounded like how I imagined Bendis. The entire aura she brought to the character has that incredible, slightly smart, alecky, smart, snarky, smart. Like there's a certain nest to how she's got little verbal barbs and there's this confidence in the way she carries herself. I was so impressed with this actress. I actually met her uh, at a party after later that night and we talked about Bendis 
and the way she feels about that almost Shakespearean pop, 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 pop. There's almost an iambic pentameter to the way that she and Riri Williams speak. This is a show I'm very excited about. I cannot wait to see Ironheart come to life. Big fan of this comic, big fan of this actress, already overjoyed to see this on the screen. My number 12 is Captain America New World Order. Now, I am excited for this because I'm really enchanted by the idea of seeing a different take on Captain America. I really enjoy the Sam Wilson Captain America comics. I think they're going to go with probably a more militant police force. There's a whole thing about a New World Order in the comic books involving a very authoritative police force. I think where this ties into Phase 4 leading into 5, where we're seeing a lot of the Department of Damage Control, where we're seeing a lot of almost fascist government things in the comic books, I think we're going to get more and more authoritative in the comic books. I think this Captain America movie is going to take that on the head. I don't necessarily think we're getting a multiversal cap. I think this is our Sam Wilson. I don't think we're getting Hydra Steve Rogers because there's no way that that Chris Evans sullies his Captain America by coming back to play a villain. I don't see either of those happening personally. If Chris Evans gets a script that's really strong for Hydra Cap, maybe. But I think the way he sees his arc is done. It's solved. It's, it's everything. It's over. That being said, I do think an aggressive police force versus what it would be like to see Sam Wilson in the role of Cap is much more interesting commentary in the world today and it mirrors the Sam Wilson Captain America comics better and it allows for a lot more of the new Falcon to do post Falcon and the Winter Soldier so this is one I'm really excited for following up that show which I do think is a bit slept on as well as the world we're living in today as well as the comics that I love very much Number 11, I am so very excited for this because of the end of Ms. Marvel. I think we're going to have such a good time seeing Ms. Marvel interacting with Captain Marvel, interacting with Spectrum or Photon, whichever name they go with for that incredible portrayal of the character. I think the three of them are going to have an amazing time. I think we're going to have some cosmic hijinks. I think we're going to have some developments earthbound as far as the de development of what the DODC is does leading up to Thunderbolts. I think we're going to have a lot of really interesting cosmic meeting earthbound dynamic. And the way we have Amon Vellani playing Miss Marvel as this incredible fanboy of the Marvel Universe is going to be beautifully reflecting Captain Marvel's stoicness. I think we're finally going to find a way to make the Brie Larson Captain Marvel as dynamic as I know Brie Larson playing Captain Marvel can be. The more we've seen her play this character post-Captain Marvel, the more I've been endeared to her. I love Brie Larson. I want to see the Miss Marvel Captain Marvel that I think Amon and Brie can do. Plus, Nia DaCosta directed the hell out of a movie that I really loved called Candyman. The visual aesthetic, that style. She's already filmed the post credit scene of Miss Marvel. I'm already intrigued by this new costume, this new flavor of Brie Larson's move. Plus, Nia DaCosta directing. This is very high up on my list. I know the number 11 doesn't seem high, but that's because we're at peak height. Number 10, this one is high because I finally saw some footage of it and the footage looked so good. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum mania i've been saying for a very long time is going to be a much bigger movie impact wise for the mcu than ant-man 1 and 2 they very consciously seem to make the ant-man movies short of a post-credit scene kind of over here like they they have scott lang who's you know he's fine but in the avengers ant-man the other ant-man hank pym was a founding member he's a very important character i could see this movie being as essential to the avengers films going forward as your iron man's and your captain america's i think this movie is going to be essential because it brings us kang there's a reason this kicks off phase five I think the reason we're shaping Phase 5 the way we are is Kang. We know that's heading towards Phase 6. The use of Kang in this movie, plus how stunning visually this looked. I talked to Peyton Reed, and some of his influences and style choices and everything he's building here, are, are it, it looks astounding. There is so much scope. There's so much humor. There's so much of the things we love about the first two, but adding Avengers-level scope means I think we'll get everything we love about Ant-Man, 
plus everything I love about the Iron Man and Avengers movies in one beautiful package, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised at how much they're going to love Quantumania and the footage was amazing. Number nine, Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts is so, so, so high on my list because I think it is so, so, so important. I've been saying all over Miss Marvel that Thunderbolts is going to be a big shift in the MCU. I think there's a reason Thunderbolts ends phase five. This is going to be an Avengers level event. This is Avengers, but dark. This is a dark Avengers film and that's effectively the combination of the two books I think they're making this movie out to be. We need going forward in the MCU to distrust heroes. The universe needs to distrust heroes. We're going to love them, but we need to have the world where we can have the X-Men that are hate and feared. We can have different dynamics of why heroes need masks. The comic books are getting more and more represented in the costumes. We're getting more and more accurate to storyline distrust of heroes because of things like Secret Invasion and Thunderbolts. You're going to see a lot of the population start to distrust these characters because of Secret Invasion because we're going to find out a lot of heroes are revealed to be aliens. Then in Thunderbolts, that's all going to come to a head when a team of Avengers is revealed to be evil. This Thunderbolts movie is the way that Phase 6 happens, in my opinion. I'm wondering if by the end of this, they have to go back in time using Kang stuff to even fix the opinion of heroes. I think Thunderbolts is going to be enormous. I think it's going to be a giant 250 plus million dollar movie. I think the scope is going to be absolutely insane. And it's something we haven't really seen before. I think Thunderbolts is the closest to an Avengers level event that we have in phase five. And I think that it's going to surprise a lot of people. This one's my number nine. Number eight, Loki season two, the sequel to my favorite of the Marvel shows so far. This show is hard to even explain why I'm excited because it's just based off how much I loved season one. We don't know where it's going to go. The TVA is kind of in a state of flux, whether or not it even exists. Like, what's that going to be? We've seen some, like, behind-the-scenes footage. It looks like Loki goes to McDonald's. Like, what is happening? What I know is that Justin and Aaron, uh, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead are making a show and that's following up on their incredible visual style and aesthetic and all of their properties, most recently Moon Knight. That is going to be timey-wimey insane and that we're getting Mobius back. Just the knowledge we're going to get another existential crisis of a show with Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson is enough. The fact that the first season was so good puts this really high up for me, but the fact that we don't really know what it's about and the fact that Kang is so formative to where we're going, it's going to involve time travel. It's going to involve Kang and maybe traveling through time. I theorize it's going to be them kind of chasing the threads of what Kang has undone. I think Kang is going to be a behind-the-scenes manipulator, all theory, that they're going to have to solve a lot of the problems of, showing us just how big of a bad he is. Again, conjecture, theory, but no matter what, even if it doesn't involve Kang, it's a sequel to that incredible season of television that I cannot wait for. Number seven might have the hardest task of anything in this video. Number seven is not an Avengers property, which sounds like it'd be hard. Number seven is not a sequel to a property that's beloved, which sounds like it is hard. This is a reboot of... Wesley Snipes' Blade. That series is, is near perfect. I love the Blade movies. The Blade movies are how the MCU exists. It is a very, very hard bite to chew and do it right. That's a bad metaphor, but I was thinking of a vampire thing. My point is... They have a lot to chew. This is big. This is enormous. And Mahershala Ali is one of the best to do it. So if anyone can, he can. I'm so excited for this. I cannot imagine a more difficult way to launch into the supernatural because we're all going to be wanting this to be as good as the OG Blade. But that means if it does succeed, if it's as good as the old Blade was and ties into the MCU, if it's able to be this incredible vampire world that incorporates all the supernatural leading to the Midnight Suns, which is what I think it's going to be, and brings us a Blade that we love as much as Wesley Snipes, this will be one of the all-time great MCU properties. This has the hardest thing to do, but it has the most potential to be the best. All the ingredients are there. All the hype is there. All of the 
a want is there, I think Blade is going to be very special. Number six, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I love these two movies so much, and the first one is in my top four MCU films. I am obsessed with the world James Gunn has built. I saw the new trailer at Comic-Con. It broke me. It is so emotional. It is so visually stunning. It is riveting. It was just such a kick in the stomach. And I think High Evolutionary, personally, maybe spoilers, theories, this is, I don't know, but I think High Evolutionary is going to be responsible for making Rocket Raccoon. I think this is going to be a movie about the saddest creature in the universe, Rocket. And I think we're going to see the horrors of how he came from. And I think the Guardians as a family are going to be wanting revenge on that character. And I think it's going to be a really brutal revenge tale where our hero is going to have to do awful things. I think High Evolutionary is going to be a terrifying villain. I think the use of James Gunn and the way he sees the world, we're going to see some horrific things. We're going to see animals mutated, human sentient beings, as well as animals just be manipulated into being evolved. And I think that's an interesting commentary on, on our real world atrocities, the way people see things as unevolved, the way people see things as beneath them. I think this villain might not be as big as an overarching villain as Kang, but I think it might be the most traumatic villain to the viewer and I think our empathy for Groot and Rocket and the rest of the Guardians is really going to be tested when this all falls apart and I think a lot of people are going to die I think this movie might be the most brutal movie in the MCU and I'm very excited for it in a very bittersweet way because it does end our Guardian saga but it looks perfect this trailer is everything so it's high up number six is guardians number five is fantastic four full disclosure we usually do all these in one take but this is the second take because i started explaining why i'm excited for fantastic four and i'm actually going to make that another video i've got so many things to say about dr doom that that's going to be a separate video please watch it this week that said fantastic four i'm excited about because I think this is the best opportunity to find the best things of the other Fantastic Four movies. Use all of those, like how cinematic these characters are. Human Torch Thing, Sue Storm, Mr. Fantastic are all very visually appealing. There's a reason this is one of the first superhero teams to do as well. This character set has been around since the beginning of Marvel. This is Marvel's first family, both in title and reality. This is an important set of characters that haven't been done right. I think they know how important this is. I think they're investing so much into this entire world. I think there's a reason it's coming in phase six again there's gonna be a dr doom video but most of all i think this is the marvel chance to make something that feels new while still being a team i think this could be very heartwarming and endearing and different and wholesome and i don't think we've seen anything quite like the comic book fantastic four in any superhero universe this has a lot of expectations but if it lands it's gonna be really really important to the greater mcu i'm very excited for my hope for the fantastic four number four secret invasion this is probably the biggest leap up in expectation to delivery i really didn't expect a ton from Secret Invasion. I like the comic. I don't love the comic. It's beloved by many. It's just not one of my favorites. The art is gorgeous. The story is a lot of fun. It's very conspiratorial, but it never landed for me the same way it has for a lot of other people. Again, I love a lot of the factors of it, but it's not one of my all-time greats. That said, the trailer they showed us, the footage we saw, is every bit the 70s espionage thriller that I love about Winter Soldier, but with even more paranoia with even more a sense of ominous doom. Everything about this show looks incredible. The, the stacked cast looks like it's going to deliver really well. They didn't even have to show a scroll really in the Secret Invasion footage to have me absolutely invested. And it also looks to kind of walk that line between R-rated and PG-13 in a way that Daredevil did on Netflix. This show looks genuinely, and I hate that these are buzzwords because it kind of eliminates the hype, generally dark, gritty, and adult in all the ways I want to see the difference of these shows being. This feels like a show you could watch with your grandparents 
elements, just like the Redford element of Winter Soldier. This footage really impressed me. It was actually my number one takeaway from the entire hour at Hall H was how much I was surprised that Secret Invasion kind of became my most anticipated show. This one's really high for a reason. Big expectations on this. Number four, Secret Invasion. Number three is the just recently announced Kang Dynasty, Avengers. Kang Dynasty. This could be every bit the insane time travel elements we had with Endgame, but on the scale of something we've never even seen before, arguably. Obviously, Endgame is giant scale, but with Kang, it's infinite possibility. There's so much they can do, and I think as we evolve with the surrealistic images of Multiverse of Madness, plus the insane creative visual choices of Love and Thunder, we're going to get more and more dynamic and more and more comic book accurate these visuals, and the fact that Kang Dynasty happens in like two and a half years, there's so much between now and then where we can evolve not just the visual aesthetic of the MCU, but also Kang. We're going to see a ton of Kang leading up to this, and more importantly, we're going to see a ton of Kangs. We're going to see lots and lots of different takes on Jonathan Major's character, and we're going to see how that interweaves into this whole tapestry, and I think this is going to be part one of two of the movies that everyone from diehard Marvel fans to casual fans that want to see all these cameos alike get to have. This is the cake and eat it two movie, part one of two. Cannot wait for it. Number two, and the reason for this shirt, Daredevil Born Again. We've now seen a flash of the yellow-suited Daredevil in that She-Hulk footage. We have seen a taste of Kingpin that, to be honest, I didn't love the delivery of as much as I've loved other things, but I think that Marvel listens. Kevin Feige knows exactly what fans want. The Marvel industry listens to these message boards and, and videos like this where they know we want these changes. I think when we get Kingpin back for a whopping 18 episodes, we're going to have the Kingpin we want from Netflix. I think when we get Matt, Matt Murdock back for more than just a beautiful, wonderful, uplifting cameo No Way Home for 18 episodes, especially after, I assume, his appearance in both She-Hulk and another few properties. We've had Charlie Cox say over and over again, this is something that's going to be happening for years. That plus the announcement of the number of episodes, plus where this falls in the MCU, plus it being born again, plus the expectations from the Netflix show. You ended the Netflix season three with a very Catholic guilt reborn already. Born again is a beautiful comic arc, and he's born again within Marvel. I love all of this. I love the expectation. I love the potential. I love the Daredevil Netflix show. If this can be even 75% as good for that kind of runtime, this is going to be a real special property. Number one and looks like phase six's endgame. It looks like we're going to have a Kang Dynasty followed up by Secret Wars. Secret Wars, I think, is going to be the culmination of not just these four, five, and six phases. I think this is going to be a phase one through six culmination. This concludes the multiverse saga. I think it's going to include everything from the multiverse. I think this could have all the characters from Fox we want, all the characters from Sony that we want, different interpretations of the characters within the MCU. The Multiverse of Madness delivered on the multiverse in that section. It gave us that wonderful John Krasinski cameo. It gave us a Captain Carter. It gave us all these things we've always wanted to see. Secret Wars can do that to a grander scale, an enormous scale. It can do that throughout, and the story can be rich because all three of the Secret Wars miniseries are so different, so effective, so psychedelic, so vast, and it's going to be, I think, the Kang to Doom 
Thanos situation, I think we're going to see, you know what? I'm going to save that. That's going to go in the Doom video. But I do think we're going to see lots and lots of elements that are part one and part two. And part two might be the biggest Marvel movie to date. I think Secret Wars could be an absolutely enormous undertaking. If they deal with all the time travel in the Kang Dynasty, where I think we're going to land at the end of Secret Wars is going to be very, very special. And I think we're going to have six different phases of buildup. Where Endgame was built up from three phases and 12 years, this could be built up from almost 20 years of movie making. I think it comes out in three years for a reason. I think we're going to have to put a lot of things together to make this work. And Kevin Feige looks at a 10-year plan. He's probably calling actors from Fox and Sony right now to cook it up up this insane mega event movie, the likes of which we've never seen in a film before. I think this is going to make that endgame scene with Avengers Assemble feel like the Civil War scene when you look back on it. Very beautiful, very intense, a a double page spread come to life, but comparatively small. Endgame is the biggest thing we've ever experienced in movies in this genre to date. I think Secret Wars is going to make that look small, and that is saying a lot. I also am really invested in whether or not it's the Russos. It's my number one because just those two words, Secret Wars, are something comic fans have always wanted to hear. Throwing Avengers on top of that, this is literally everything. It is my number one most anticipated. And to be honest, I'm glad it's so far away. We need Fantastic Four first. We need everything we know of in phase four. And after the events of D23, they're going to be filling out that phase six board and we're going to have a better idea what Secret Wars is going to be. And I cannot wait to dive into that when it happens. This has been my most anticipated 15 properties of phases five and six. Once we get to D23, we're going to, like I said, know a not more. But until then, this is where I'm at. What are you most excited about? Which of these properties is your number one most anticipated? Again, not bad not favorite what has you the most excited let me know in the comments let me know if any of these 15 are something you'd like me to dive into more and talk about more and let me know what theories you have below thank you very much reject nation i am honored to be a citizen as well as someone speaking to you about all of this comic book glory go read some comics please for me the books they're so special try them out you might dig them as much as i do all right much love